Shaking it up with Sheikh Fayaz. Nightly Ramadan Reflections. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa bihi nasta'in. Wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammad. Wa ala ahla baytah al-tayyibin al-tahirin. What is it that we're looking for during the month of Ramadan? Or more importantly, what is it that we're looking for in the midst of our lives? Why do I obey God's instructions? Why do I pray? Why do I fast? Why do I give money in charity? Why do I love the Messenger Why do I obey my parents? Or why am I good to my neighbors? Why do I do anything that I'm instructed to do? For most people, the first thought that comes to their mind is that we are in a state of utter obedience to our Creator for the purpose of attaining something in return. And that is paradise, as we always consistently seek and supplicate to God during these days and even days that are not the holy month of Ramadan. Oh Allah, Allahumma rizqna jannah. Oh Allah, grant us the ability to be in paradise and not only to be in paradise, but also be in the proximity to the Prophet and his family in paradise. And that's a really important and powerful da'a that every single one of us should make that we should engage in on a day-to-day basis. But if you really take a look at it and try to break it down for just a moment, seemingly that our relationship with God is purely transactional. In the same way that I go to work, I do my job, I put in my 8 or 10 or 12 hours a day, at the end of the day, all I'm looking for is for my paycheck on the 1st or the 15th of every single month, and that's all I care about. At the end of the day, if one lives a life just like that, there's probably not a lot of contentment in it. And when it comes to our worship and our obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we solely base it off of this notion, whereby I'm doing what I'm doing solely so I can attain something back in return, perhaps we are limiting exactly the purpose of our existence, the purpose of our creation, and the purpose why we do what it is that we do. And we come toward the words and the wisdoms of the commander of the faithful, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi salam, in which he states that people are of three types. The first type of people are those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of fear of his punishment. And that is the worship of the slave. And when we take a look at our own worship, we see that many a times we are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only through this realm. Or many a times this is just the same exact way that we learned religion when we were young. If you don't do this, you're going to be punished. If you don't pray, this is going to happen. If you don't fast, this is going to happen. And for many times or for many people that might have worked and there's not necessarily a serious problem with looking at God um, through that at some points in our lives, through that lens in some points of our lives. But at the end of the day, it's not really something sustainable and probably not the way that we should be preaching the religion of Islam and definitely not speaking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way, but rather we should focus on the notion that his mercy is that which precedes his wrath. But nonetheless, he states that the first group of people are those who worship God out of fear of his punishment, and that is the worship of the slave. And then he states that perhaps the next level or the the second type of worshiper, the second type of people, those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of hope in his reward. And that is the worship 
of the businessman. What is he trying to state? Is it wrong for us? Is it wrong for me to pray because I know that I'm going to get something in return? Not necessarily. It might be a stepping stone toward really understanding the joy and the contentment that we attain through prayers, through acts of worship, through rites, through rituals, so on and so forth. But it's not exactly where we want to be. We want to be at an even higher level. Because if we are only looking at life through this transactional means, we're not really understanding the essence. And more importantly, we're not understanding what it means to be sincere in the midst of my worship. Do I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that I can attain reward? Do I worship God so that I can, you know, have a good life? Do I pray my morning Fajr prayers so that the rest of my day can go smoothly? Do I perform my Dhuhr prayers so I can pass my exam in the middle of the day? Or am I worshiping God and praying to Him because He said so? And I want to be the best and most perfect and most absolute and most sincere servant of my Creator as in one of the supplications of Ali ibn Abi Talib, the dua known as Dua Kumal ibn Ziyad, he states, Allahumma j'alni ahsani min Allahumma j'alni ahsana abidika min nasibin indak. That, oh Allah, allow for me to be the greatest of your slaves in proximity to you. And that brings us toward the third group of people and the third type of worshippers. In the words of Ali ibn Abi Talib, he states, in the third group of people, or those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لِأَنَّهُ أَهْلٌ نِضَالِكَ Because He is worthy of that worship. To allow for ourselves to reach the highest level of ma'rifah, the real sort of perspective of understanding, and that is I worship God because He's God. We state, Ilahi, He states in a line of His own poetry, Ilahi, أَنْتَ كَمَا أُحِبْ Oh Allah, you are exactly as I love. I want you to be you and don't change, O oh Allah, because you are perfect. أنت أرحم الراحمين وخير الغافرين ستار الأيوب غافر الذنوب That, O oh Allah, you are the most merciful of those who show mercy. And you are the most generous of those who show generosity. And you are the one who hides my sins. And you are the one who conceals my faults. And you are the one who forgives my transgressions. And you are the one who, no matter how many times I fall, you always got my back and you're always waiting for me to come back. And your door is always open. What type of a Lord is that? Of course, it's the most perfect Lord. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same God who nurtured me from when I was in the womb of my mother. And that same creator who put me into this world and gave me so many opportunities. And no matter how many times I transgressed, he always told me to come back. And he always said that I love those who repent. And when I supplicated to him, he responded to my supplication. And when I whispered to him, he responded to my whispering. And when I cried to him, he consoled my tears. Ilahi anta kama uhib fajalni kama tuhib. And Ali, he continues and he states, So, O oh Allah, you are the one. You are exactly as I love, so oh Allah, now you make me the one who you love. Give me the abilities and give me the inspiration and allow for me to be the one who you are also proud of and that you would say to your angels and to your most righteous servants and toward those in your proximity that this man and this woman is exactly as I love them to be. 
and I would not want them to change even a little bit. Let's go back to where that initial question. Why is it that I do what I do during the holy month of Ramadan? Is it really because I just want to attain some reward? Or is it because I want something more? Deep down during the course of these days, during the course of this blessed month, which really gives us and affords us all of the opportunities for us to have the keys to enter into the most closest doors to your Creator. Really, the month of Ramadan is so special. It's such an incredible blessing. It's such an incredible opportunity. Such an incredible stepping stone for our growth, for our progress. But we have to make sure that we're maximizing and really understanding what it is that we want during this month. If it's paradise, if it's the forgiveness of our sins, if it's God responding to our du'as to get a new job or to get married or to have children or to remove us from certain obstacles and tribulations that we deal with and that we encounter, I'm certain that God is going to be there to give it to us. But if we want something more, then we have the potential to get something more. If we want God during this month, then God is waiting for us to Take that first step to Him so He can run to us. If we want to have that sense of real understanding of Him and gain that proximity to Him, understanding that we are a slave and He is the Master, understanding that He is the All-Merciful and we are the one who is in need of mercy, to really understand Him. Which is why in An-Nahj al-Balagha, Imam Ali alayhi salam, he states, Awwaluddin ma'rifatullah. That the first stage and the first step in religion is to know God. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. That's what taqwa means. That's the purpose of fasting. That's the purpose of prayers. That's the final and absolute objective that every single one of us are seeking and striving to attain. Though we may not even know it. But our innate nature calls to that. Calls to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls to us reaching that final stage in these stages of those who worship God. Not to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of fear of his sin or out of fear of our own sin and fear of his punishment. Our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not meant to be purely transactional as I do a couple of things and he responds to me with a couple of things. But rather it's because he is worthy of that worship. And that I am a slave and I am a servant. And through this submission, we attain such incredible empowerment. Through this month of Ramadan, we want to attain a sense of self-actualization and self-realization that I am who I am. And that in the midst of this recognition, in the midst of me marginalizing and isolating all of my distractions, that of food, that of drink, that of our relationships, whatever it might be, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is that which I'm ultimately seeking. Awwaluddin ma'rifata. That the first stage and the first step in religion is to have the sense of deep cognizance and understanding and awareness of Him. So during the course of these early days in the holy month of Ramadan, I offer myself and I offer all of you some advice. Take some time, 5 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, 
less than that, more than that, whatever might potentially work for you. And let's allow for us to really think about who we are, what steps that we need to take in order to perfect ourselves, to really have an understanding of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from me. At the end of the day, I don't only want to worship God so I attain a sense of reward. I don't want to fast and exhaust myself and say, Oh Allah, look how much I've done. And even if we do something like that, certainly God is going to reward us. I don't only want to recite the whole of Quran during this holy month of Ramadan in order to say, look how many verses I recited, oh Allah, even if I know what I'm doing is for God's sake. But rather, I want to be able to take my worship, my rites, my ritual, my character, my interpersonal relations to a completely new transformative level whereby I am understanding who I am and what I need to be, understanding my potential and understanding who God is. Let me give you an example. For instance, if, God forbid, one of us, we had a small minor injury. We got a cut on our finger, for instance. I'm looking at that cut and I'm looking at the blood begin to profusely pour out or gush out of my thumb. How long would it take before I go and wash that blood off and, for instance, put a bandage on it? It probably would only take me 10 or 15 seconds to do that and make sure that I'm diagnosing my illness and finding a cure for it virtually as soon as possible. If I'm looking at that blood come out of my finger and say, oh man, this is really horrific, allowing for it to continuously pour all over my hand, it would probably be kind of ridiculous or silly for me to not actually go and allow for myself to fix the issue at hand. But when it comes to aspects and illnesses of our souls, for instance, that of anger, that of pride, that of arrogance, certain qualities and character traits that I might have had for the last 10 years, for the last 15 years, for the last 20 years. Why does it take so long for me to actually go and do something about it? Because I have a real lack of self-realization. I've been angry for 10 years, for 12 years, and my language and my abuse of my spouse and of my children and of my family and of my friends is so horrific. And many people have caught that and have told me, you need to work on your anger. You need to work on your pride. You need to work on your behavior. You need to improve your etiquette. You need to improve your akhlaq. All of these things which we might hear from other people and we're not ready to accept it. During the month of Ramadan, we have a sense of actualization and realization for our own selves. That's what this month is about. Not only about fasting, so I attain a sense of reward, but fasting this year dedicating myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 30 days and realizing that these 30 days are meant to be an inspiration for me to transform my life until next Ramadan. And then next Ramadan, I'm able to identify some more issues, some more challenges, some more obstacles that I have within my soul and work on it and purifying it and correcting it and reconciling it for the following year. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. But it starts with a sense of knowing starts with a sense of understanding. It starts with a sense of cognitive reflection, I guess we can say. That we should utilize the time that we have, the lack of distractions, to think about how can I be someone who really understands my God? But more importantly, how can I also be someone who understands myself? 
in the words of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, من أرث نفسه فقد أرث ربه The one who knows his self knows his Lord. During this month of Ramadan, seek to know yourself so you're able to know your Lord. See where you're deficient and then see where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-perfect. Seek to understand where you might need some improvement and you will find that through the help and through the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will be able to allow for us and to facilitate our growth in that regard. When we allow for ourselves to understand by means of contemplation and by means of reflection, by means of some quiet time to really facilitate an opportunity to understand who we are, then in that way and in return, we'll be able to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship Him because He is worthy of that worship. Walhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wasallillahumma ala Muhammadin wa alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin Follow Sheikh Fayaz on Twitter and Instagram at Fayaz Jafar and look out for him on Facebook.